I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What is going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, which means that you are certifiably awesome. If you don't know me by now, my name is James Milley. I am the managing partner and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair, the most widespread art fair for artists in the U.S., and one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and marketing of your art. I am also one of the two hosts here on the Artist Business Plan, which now reaches over 5,000 monthly listeners in 100 countries around the globe and growing every single week. Woohoo! Today, we have Sydney Melnick here with us on the mic. Sydney is part of our Artist Wellness Series, and she is going to share an awesome masterclass with you today on using creativity to relieve stress. I don't know about you, but I am so excited to hear what she has to say. But first, I have an amazing offer here just for you ADP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we are back here with Sydney Melnick and we are ready to change the way that you think about your art career. Sydney Melnick, owner of My Creative Relief, is an art therapist and creative coach who helps creatives that feel burnt out in their lifestyle and want to provide a positive and balanced well-being. That sounds like exactly what I need in life right now as well, so I'm sure many artists out there listening feel the same way. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Sydney. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you for being here. Now, before we dive into it, Sydney, I want to ask you something to help our listeners get to know the real you. What is the earliest memory that you have of art? Ooh, my family's from South Africa. So my grandma always had like such really interesting artwork around her flat. And I was more intrigued by how people were making it than myself making it. And I think that that was the earliest where I just would tackle on any type of material and just explore, which is probably why I became an art therapist too. But that's definitely the earliest memory that I have for sure. I love that. And when I ask this question to guests, it it kind of falls into two categories. One is like, the person has a memory of making art and just sort of like playing around. And then the other is people having a memory of appreciating art, looking at art. So I, I love that story. And and I love that from such an early age, you were, you were looking at not just like what art means, but how it's made and looking at different materials. I, I think that's such a cool story. So first question is, Sydney, can you give us a, a brief background on what art therapy is and who can benefit from art therapy? 
Sure. So in professional terms, I'll say that art therapy is an integrative approach of psychology and art to help an individual's needs in the mental health field. So us as art therapists do need a master's degree because we focus on the clinical work and we're working with people that are exploring through depression, anxiety, trauma, any type of population in the mental health field. But from my own experience as an art therapist, um, I feel like there's no clear definition on what art therapy is, just because it's still a growing field and it's still narrow. Um, like I got my master's in at School of Visual Arts in art therapy, and I knew that I wanted to stay in New Jersey where I'm based. And when I did job researches, there was nothing in art therapy here. And I was recently just having a conversation with my supervisor and she was taking a course and she was sharing how there are only about 400 art therapists in New Jersey and four in Utah. So we can see we're still learning how to expand. So the best way that I like to explain it to people, and I say, like, I am a therapist, but sometimes it can be challenging to explore certain experiences that we're going through in our life. And art is another form, another communication piece to help us share our story. And I definitely took more of a non-traditional approach of figuring out how, not necessarily how art is clinical, but how art can benefit our well-being. And I feel like I took more of this other approach of art therapy on educating people about art therapy. And that's what's really unique about the field. There's so many different aspects of what we can do of being an art therapist. Yeah, no, it's it's so interesting. I mean, the, just the phrase art therapy has been something I've been familiar with for quite a few years now, I'd say maybe like six or seven years, but I haven't really thought of it truly the way that you're saying as it is therapy. I mean, it's clinical, even though it's art related. And it's cool that it's this growing field that you know everyone's trying to navigate at the same time, kind of what you're saying about introducing people to the idea of art therapy, not just using art therapy with people. I mean, it makes sense, I would say, with the profession of it being, there's sort of this one element of how you make art, but also like how you're using art for your own well-being. So I think that's really cool. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, no. And I think like that's the thing. I think what it confuses people, we have this word art where I think people associate that with being an artist. So then we have therapy where people associate that with mental health. So then when we add those two words together, it's kind of like, what do you do? You know. So <laughs> I do feel like you know, there is validation of understanding why not many people know. And, but I think that's where you can create it in your own way, you know, where you went to school about it, that's the foundation piece. And then when you graduate, you get to navigate a whole other side of our therapy to reach more people. And that's what I ended up doing with more coaching. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, art is also creative. There's there's not really any rules to art. Right, exactly. So yeah. why do there need to be rules to art therapy? <laughs> exactly, yeah. That and, and that's the thing. And the only thing I will say is like, in order to have the title as an art therapist, you do need to have like the licensure. But there are definitely ways that we can understand how art making in the creative process is so important for our well-being. And that I think anybody can learn from, you know, not just being an art therapist. Absolutely. And th that actually ties in uh, really nicely to the next question I have. So you just mentioned, and so you're also a creative coach with My Creative Relief. 
Now, these services aren't necessarily just for artists, like you said, but everyone can definitely benefit from balancing their well-being. So I want to ask you, what are three steps that you guide your clients through to let go of negativity and stress and be able to you know, confront their dreams and gain something from it? Mm. Well, the funny thing is most of my clients are artists. That is the funny thing. Like I thought that I would get more people in maybe not in the creative field, but I'm working with like a variety of like creative coaches, art therapists, producers, writers. So it's like amazing how far my business has come with this. But there are three steps that we focus on that end up naturally forming in a session. And the first one is routine and structure. So I'm not necessarily focusing so much on if they're doing the work. How much work are they working on their projects and what they're doing? It's more about, are they providing active rest in their routine? And I feel that we don't give ourselves enough credit when we are resting. We sometimes create this image of resting means putting your feet up and watching Netflix, even though I do that all the time and that's totally okay if you do it, but it's more about bringing intentional activities, mindful activities, like going for a walk, or maybe you just want to pick up a new art material that you never experienced before or listening to music. And those are pauses throughout your day to help you recharge, have those aha moments of inspiration, and for you to really be in the process of where your path is going. And I would say the the second step that we focus on is really building an inner connection. So this is where it can feel vulnerable and it can feel uncomfortable because we're really expanding our inner growth and going deeper. But I find it such a critical component to build a relationship with yourself. And the more that you connect with yourself, the more you're going to connect with your art and also your community of what you want on your path. So we have all these present selves in us, like the people pleaser, the straight talker, the vulnerable child, the inner child, and like the most daunting one, the inner critic that feels like it's always in our face. And we want to be present with them. And the one thing that I noticed with my clients will say like, yeah, but I know this about myself. And I said, yeah, of course, you know this, but it's if you're consciously aware to understand those selves, are you inviting them to have a conversation? Because that's how you're opening yourself up. And we use that through creative prompts to build that energy and understand it. And that's how we learn to own our fears, embrace, embrace our fears, to know what we need to take the next step for whatever we're doing on our path. And the third is really expanding our creative space. So we all have a workspace of like getting emails, doing the work, but I always help them saying, do you have like even just a small creative space just for you where you just have imagery? Like this is your space to increase your visualization process so you can learn how to manage your stress and allow those negative thoughts to come in and look at your imagery on how far you're becoming, not necessarily where you're going to become, but becoming. You always want to be growing with your goals and you always want to be present with that process. So those are three that all end up forming in one in my sessions with them. Yeah, no, I I love that. And I just want to rewind for a second and talk about how you thought that most of your clients were going to be non-artists, but they ended up mostly being artists. I think that's really interesting just because 
I would say the vehicle of how you're, you're helping people, um, heal and, you know, having, having therapy is through art, but even as an artist, you know, you might not necessarily be taking the steps for your art to, to help yourself more. We at Superfine think that, you know, artists are also entrepreneurs and that they definitely have a, a business behind their art. But also, why are you choosing art versus a different profession? You know, there's a lot that art can offer. And part of that is healing, like self-healing. And I love that kind of looking at the structure and the process and the way that you're looking at yourself in your art practice, that ends up being what creates the healing, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think also, you know, just tying in with the entrepreneur piece, I mean, I'm the founder of my creative relief and I never took a business course, never took a marketing course or anything like that. That was something I'd never been taught. And I work with other people, like other creatives that also want to start their own business, whether they want to be a creative coach, sell their work or whatever. But I feel that we have to tap into ourselves in order to understand what we want or build with our community. Like who is, what makes our work meaningful? And also, we, you know, again, like we talk about business as like, it's a business. And yeah, of course, we have to be businesslike with our work. But we have to also expand our own inner growth. Exactly what you said of, it's a healing journey. And that's how you learn how far you are becoming in your journey and that you can hold on to those moments. So yeah, like, thank you for saying that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So Sydney, how can artists or clients or, you know, again, just people in general, how can they focus on their creative process instead of the product? And you were kind of just mentioning that just now, but if you want to expand on that a little bit. Yeah, sure. So I feel like I do two different types of creative process when I'm in an art therapy session. I usually do art therapy sessions more in person. So I have more access to observe what type of art materials they're picking, how they are moving their hands. Like it's, it's really interesting being an art therapist. We're trained to know when someone is feeling a certain type of emotion just by the mark makings that they're doing by the art materials, which is something that we'll get more into later. But I'm really focusing on the creative process is really the part where you're releasing those subconscious thoughts. And the product is more about the message of bringing it to more of a conscious awareness to understand it more. Where in coaching, I sometimes don't have access at their art at all. And we just use whatever they have at home. Where I'm focusing more on with that type of creative process of how to be really present and, and feel every single stepping stone for you to focus on your goal or your journey, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that that definitely makes sense. And again, this is something that like, I really don't think about this much myself. And I, I'm sure a lot of artists out there, just the way that you're, you know, making brush strokes or what medium you're choosing for your work. I mean, that has to say a lot about you, not just I was introduced to this. So this is what I do. Why is it that this is what speaks to you and and, and you're going forward with certain techniques, certain, you know, media. It's so interesting. Yeah, definitely. And we'll definitely talk a little bit more about that because it is really fascinating to understand that more. And that's how you check in with yourself of like how you're feeling, because I think we're not always aware with that too. 
We are going to come right back. And like Sydney just said, she's going to tell you more about what you want to know about maximizing creative energy, improving what your well-being, why you're choosing the materials you are. But first, we have a message from our sponsors. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you take the next step and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fairs. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine Fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we're offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world slash offer to learn more. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. So, Sydney, I want to ask you, what are your top five tactics to help people maximize their creative energy and stick with the process? Mm, Okay to really only focus on your path. And that's how you build authenticity. So if you're trying to build a business as, you know, being an artist or whatever you want to do in the creative field, sometimes like with social media, for example, it's a great platform because we get to reach out to so many different people, but also it can feel very overwhelming and where we can get lost on our own path, feeling like, well, this is getting a lot of attention. So maybe I have to do it that way. So the best way I like to say is like, don't focus so much on how many followers you have or how many likes focus on your passion of what you want to pursue, building that connection, and your community is going to naturally evolve. So that's definitely the number one, I would say. Number two, I would say, show your imperfections. Like, don't be afraid to show it because that is the creative process. I feel like there's too many times where we like to skip it, or at least the creative process is behind the scenes and we don't like to show that because that's the creative process is really where it's vulnerable and it's uncomfortable. But let's show that and show that like we could be professional, but also human. So I feel like that's how you're going to also become more comfortable embracing your fears of what you want to do on your path. The third is bring joy to the process. So I feel like sometimes it's so funny, like when I would talk to clients and I would say like, well, what makes you happy? They would always be like, well, Like, that's a question that I'm always like searching for. So like, they don't know. And but if I say like, well, what brings you joy? There's always this new energy, this this glimpse of a smile or like a memory of them when they were a child of like blowing in the wind or something like that, because there's this freedom. So when you're having those challenges through the process to try to recharge, bring those joy moments into your process, Um, whether it's just an object or listening to music, it's so important for that. Number four, take care of yourself by processing your own work, like your own art, but separate your own creative work and process just your own journey, like your own growth. So I think sometimes too many times we can We don't, you know, as creatives, we have so many thoughts in our mind that can feel overwhelming and we don't know how to separate. So that's where I think it's so important. And this is something I learned with my own personal journey 
of just picking up a new material just for the heck of it, you know, and processing how you're feeling through that and not even worrying about what your creative work is doing. And the last one I would say, as cliche as it sounds, trust the process. I mean, I used to be someone that never believed in that. I would like roll my eyes and be like, oh, shut up, like <laughs> type of deal. But I have to say like now I, I really believe in it because even when you say it to yourself every day, that's how you're going to trust yourself more with the decisions that you're creating and then creating a whole new path of actually believing where you can be as a creative. I love that, Sydney. And everyone, just to recap, so Sydney's top five tactics are focus on your path, show your imperfections, bring joy to the process, take care of yourself as well. Don't just worry about you know, what's going on with your art and trust the process. Sydney, how can art materials specifically improve one's well-being? I'm, I'm really curious to hear more about this. Yeah, sure. So again, I feel like I feel like I'm always saying like there's two ways to do this, but there are like two ways that I do this. So let's just take in, for example, in an art therapy session. Let's say if I am working with someone that is dealing with anger, they're feeling really upset. Us as art therapists are trained to know what certain art materials can trigger that individual and also what materials can benefit. So the one question that I'm always focusing on is how can I support that person's reaction? but focus it on an alternative way to make them feel contained and grounded. So my best choice is like, I wouldn't probably pick paint because paint is something that is a wet material, it's loose, and there's not a lot of control that you can use that with. And that can actually increase someone's behavior. But an alternative that would be beneficial is something like clay, because you can actually actively punch it, you can pound it. And if it does fall on the ground, it's contained. And that's how they build it. So it doesn't necessarily mean that that individual can never paint. But that's a goal. That's a challenge. And that's how we challenge people through the materials to get to a certain piece. And of course, we process through dialogue of what they're experiencing, or if there's any um, memories that popped up for them with that. Now in like a creative coaching session, I let's just focus on yarn, you know, and if we just describe it, it's soft, it's something that you wrap around, it's something that you can stitch up like sewing. And so now we go into more of like a metaphorical piece of how yarn is something that's very comforting. It's something that you want to hold on to. So it definitely helps someone who is healing that's maybe going through like some pain or loss. Or even when we're stitching up something, we may want to hold on to a certain memory as well. And then there's also history about weaving, about connection. And so we can build even that theme on how that builds connection. So we really focus on the metaphor, but also, and that's how we focus on how it can benefit our well-being. I wouldn't really look at paint as wet and non-structural, but you're totally right. I mean, clay, you have the most control over. I mean, you, you can make it look exactly the way that you want versus you know, with paint, there's a lot more leaning into the, like the physics and the mechanics of paint, like paint is going to run a certain way, or it's going to like mix with colors a certain way that yes, you can master that. But overall, you're kind of seeding over some control to the paint. 
you know, just from my own personal experience, like I'm actually a very anxious person. And I know that when I'm like feeling anxiety coming, I cannot go to paint. I mean, like for someone else, they may be able to, but for me, oh my gosh, I just, I, I feel like I'm losing control. But what I like to do instead is use oil pastels because I feel like I'm in control of my anxiety, but I also had that release, like the way that the material glides, that also gives me that release to lose some of that control. So it gives me a balance. So it also just depends on the individual of what they're feeling too. And I don't think we recognize that, you know, have you ever like took a material and you say like, wow, this is so therapeutic, you know, but we don't know, like, that's the end of the conversation. Like, this is why it's therapeutic. This is what it's doing for us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I guess a bit of a side point, but my art practice is photography, and I love it. And it's, you know, I, I work with a camera, I feel like I do have a lot of control over it. And then, you know, I have the digital process of like manipulating it on Photoshop. But I have been working on a few like woodworking projects recently and it it has it has a different feeling to it. I mean it, it's not to say that like I I don't want to continue doing photography and I I really love it but you know I would be curious if like you know whatever it is an artist is choosing as I guess their primary media or medium you know what would be that person's ideal counter medium? If you're a photographer, like what, what should you try to do instead? If you're a sculptor, what should you try to do instead as like, a, you know, tap into like this, this other part of your brain that is going to help yourself in a, in a different way? You know, when you're using photography too, it's very structured. You know, there's like a math, like somewhat of a mathematical equation. Like you have to look at the composition. So it does make sense to me that you would do woodwork, woodworking because there's still that like math equation into it. But I think what's happening is like you are challenging yourself by like you're still using that structure by building, but just in a different way, like where you know, you're taking a photo of something, but now you're like adding new materials. And so I feel like sometimes like that's your way of like organizing your brain too and structuring. Like I'm very similar to that too. If that makes sense what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it, it absolutely does. And I guess let's keep going with this story. Um, but yeah, like, you know, with photography, I mean, you're dealing with aperture, you're dealing with shutter speeds, light. I mean, they're like, I mean, again, you're right. There's there's a lot of numbers and math equations involved. With the woodworking projects I'm doing, I mean, I'm bringing out a measuring tape. I'm measuring things a certain way. I'm like cutting grooves at a certain depth. And then, you know, I'm also like taking it to the, the medium itself. I mean, partway through this project, the, the wood started bowing. And part of the creation process is taking care of the wood. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, like, like learning, okay, like if I'm going to bend it back to being flat, like I need to let the wood get moist first so it doesn't just snap. Paying attention to not just the material itself, but the way that the material is being affected. I mean, yeah, there's got to be some type of like dialogue going on there. Well, and, like, and that's the thing. I love how you said like, you're like taking care of the wood. And like, that's a perfect theme that like, you know, obviously we're not in a session right now, but like, I would say like, you know, just for people to get an example of like what it's like, this is like a theme that we put up. Like, it's like, well, what's that idea of like 
taking care of something, you know, and exploring that. And that's how we dive deeper. So like the materials are really the communication piece of what we're internally feeling. We just don't see it that way. We just see it more as like a a product type of deal. But just how you were able to explain that to me, I was able to like, just pick up like these fun themes that we could explore through more of your story. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely there's like a caring process with like lens and everything. I have to make sure that I don't like switch a lens in direct sunlight because otherwise that'll like fry the mirror. I really wasn't expecting this to be part of this project. Like I, but it's become a step to it is like nurturing the the wood. (laughs) Um, Oh, there's a thing about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, I could talk all about this all day, but let's... <laughs> Sydney, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Uh, I want to bring it home to our listeners out there so that they don't, don't hear about my woodworking project all day. <laughs> what is uh, a call to action that you want to share with our listeners so that they can take full advantage of my creative relief? Sure. So I provide one-to-one creative sessions that is on my website, mycreativerelief.com to help other creatives that are feeling burnt out in their lifestyle and want to take more of this positive well-being. So anybody that's going through creative block or want to go deeper with their personal growth, dealing with certain projects to learn how to manage their stress, I am your person. Amazing. I love that. And again, everyone, that's www mycreativerelief.com. Go give Sydney a hello and see how she can help you bring more meaning and self-care into your art practice. Thank you so much, Sydney. To all of you business artists out there, Sydney has been here with us today sharing her amazing perspective. You can listen to this and all of our past podcasts on our website at www.superfine.world. And again, to connect with Sydney, you can follow her at mycreativerelief or you can visit www.mycreativerelief.com. As always, remember that we are at Superfine Art Fair on Instagram, and we always appreciate a share whenever you're listening to The Artist Business Plan. Once again, we'd really appreciate it if you could take just a moment of your time to review us on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings and reviews are so, so critical in helping other artist entrepreneurs just like yourselves find us. And as always, I'd like to wrap up the class by sharing a quick quote with you all. The quote is by Richard Baker, and it is, to get rich, never risk your health, for it is the truth that health is the wealth of wealth. I don't quite exactly know what that means, but it sounds amazing. Health is the wealth of wealth. I think I get that. Sydney, it has been such a pleasure having you here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. I agree. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) seriously. Thank you for sharing your perspective with our listeners for that. We are so grateful. Everyone else, have an awesome rest of your day. And remember to stay on top of your artist business plan. Get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. 
Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world.